Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Welcome to the show. For you Christians, we just um, went through Easter. For those of you who are Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, we just experienced Passover. And I love this time of the year. I love this season because it always forces us, regardless if we even have a religious tradition, it forces us to calm down, to pause, to reflect. And our program, obviously, is on the Influencers Channel, which is more than serendipitous. I take a lot of pride in being able to travel the world and influence people in any way I can, and I'm sure you do too, or you wouldn't tune into my show. Today's guests are extraordinary, as all of my guests have been. And as you know, I love to feature new artists, old artists. I love to feature Grammy award-winning songwriters. And I'm more into the singer-songwriter because I want to I want to get to the heart and soul of why a song was written, where the inspiration, or grammatically correct, from where the inspiration came to write the tune. And for those of you who have been tuning in for so long, you know that our little intro and exit of the show is me on my guitar back on my very, very first album recorded in the 80s before most of you were born. And those were the days when my fingers were nimble, but I still understand the truth of music to this day, which has never changed. And that is that there are only 12 notes in music. Every single song ever written in any genre was written with the exact same 12 notes. The only difference between a hit songwriter and a lousy songwriter then is passion, creativity, and imagination. The only difference between one song and another song is the order in which those 12 notes fall and the timing and spacing in between the notes. So with passion, creativity, and imagination, you can take these same 12 basic, boring, naked notes that everyone has access to of any age and on a good day with, uh, with a good channeling into the, into, the, into the universe, if you will, you can find a melody, you can craft a lyric using only the same 26 letters in the alphabet if you write the song in English, and you can actually write a song that will change someone's attitude for the day, that will change someone's relationship for the day, change someone's outlook on life, change their understanding of love and patriotism and forgiveness, all in one song, all in a three-minute and 40-second format. And if we listen to that same song many times during the day, many times during the week, many times during a month and a year, the influence that music has on our lives truly transforms us from success to significance. So we don't just get what we want, we actually want what we get at the end of the day. And we refuse to die with our music still in us. So having said that, to bring us aboard and to talk to this phenomenal singer-songwriter, let me quickly bring you up to speed on Natalie Falk. On the heels of her lifelong music career with her sister in the duo formerly known as Falk, F-A-L-K, Natalie Falk is re-emerging as a contemporary country solo artist, my favorite, Taking flight with her first single, Burning, amazing song. 
It's been two years since the singer-songwriter released music of any kind. So with her fans wallowing in the misery of where did Natalie go? How can I be inspired by this woman and her music? She finally released a new single. She's uh, able to blend her former world with her new journey. Alexa, Natalie's sister, is the songwriter for Burning. And since the release, Natalie is for the first time creating music and writing songs of her own with her latest single, Can't Stop the Rain, detailing the grieving process during the breakup. Very interesting. See, music is also uh, probably the universe's number one healer. With a lifetime of experience in the music industry behind her, in a lot of ways, Natalie is just beginning. She's just finding her new voice, her new direction, and writing songs about her journey along the way, which obviously qualifies her to be the voice of her generation. Natalie Falk, welcome to my show. Thanks for having me. So let's just start at the very beginning, not DNA, but tell me about you. When, At what age did you discover that you had this music inside of you that you needed to get out and share with the world? Mm. Well, I don't know if I so much as discovered it as I just naturally was, I just grew up singing. So anytime there was a movie soundtrack on, I would, you know, I was singing to the little mermaid and all of those musical um, compositions growing up. And then I, my mom kind of heard us, my sister and I and myself singing around the house. So that naturally led to some vocal lessons and then, you know, group lessons and, um, and then just the journey of our duo ship kind of took on a life of its own when we started writing music at a really young age. So from that point, it's just like music and life. We just kept evolving and kept creating and, and kind of created this like miniature career as young girls and young adults. And, um, and then, yeah, like kind of like what you had mentioned earlier, we eventually ended up splitting the two of us. And I discovered that I had to go through this whole process of like, wow, have I just been following this journey that was leading me to nowhere? <laughs> was this not my path? Was I not meant to do music? So I kind of had to really like take an inward look at all of that. And so I've like rediscovered my voice just based on what I naturally turn to in a moment of grieving in a moment of refiguring things out. And that was like what you said, the universal language of music. And it was like such a great healing method for me. And I realized how much I really do love it. And so I'm just kind of taking each step along the way and just going with each song that I create and recording it and hopefully putting it out there. You know, as a, um, as a parent, <clears throat> I have four children, and one was an extraordinary singer-songwriter. And the, the, the toughest part was helping her find her voice. You know, when you sing soundtracks mm. and, you, and you mimic other vocalists who, who have extraordinary hits and great pipes, as we say, what was, when did you discover that your voice, the, 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 the voice quality of your own signature voice mm -hmm. was good enough when did you discover that confidence that yes my voice although it doesn't sound like Carrie Underwood although it doesn't sound like mm -hmm. you know Amy Grant it is my voice and I'm so proud of it when did you come mm -hmm. to that realization that this is who I am 
That is such a good question. I love that you asked that because I think that's so prevalent amongst artists is the constant comparison that gets put on us when we take meetings or when we are writing a new song and we share it with others. It's naturally people want to compare it to someone like a Carrie Underwood and this powerhouse voice. And that is what I single-handedly struggled with the most because my voice is very low. And I typically like to sing songs that were intended for guys because that's my vocal range. So I grew up really idolizing Shania Twain because I felt like here's a girl, here's a woman that I can sing to. Like here's someone that I really resonate with and connect with. So I, I found my influences in the people that really reminded me of what I could do. And through that, it was really hard because I was constantly compromising my voice to fit with, you know, my sister because we were, con- we were singing together and harmonizing. So when we, when I was forced to really be on my own, it was actually my music producer who I recorded these songs with that said, Hey, I know you want to do what you've been doing. And I know that that's what you're comfortable with, but I see something in your voice that is very unique and not a lot of girls have it. And I want to exploit that. Like, I want you to be your full, like sultry, country self and it was almost it almost took someone seeing that in me to really own it for myself because you know I had really tried to sing those upper range songs and ultimately I love singing in my sweet spot and so yeah it just takes courage and it takes confidence to just embrace who you are naturally and just find what you're naturally drawn to. Like I knew that as a little girl, I was drawn to Shania Twain. So I'm just going to continue on that path and write songs that are really, really good for me. Great answer. Wow. I hope everybody listening understands that because that applies to every one of us in regular everyday life as well. We need to find our voice. So when was your very first um, public appearance and what did you learn from your first experience the difference between nervousness and fear do you you recall back in the day when you and your Mm -hmm. sister took the largest stage so far and what was the emotion like Mm. well the largest stage I would say was we we've done quite a bit together but we we grew up being friends with the Shadaisies um, the Nashville trio that's from Utah and we're also from Utah. So we shared the same producer at the time and we had an opportunity to open up for them um, in a, at a couple of shows. And I remember as a kid, I didn't think twice. I was just doing what I knew how to do. We would practice in our rooms. We would rehearse. We had, you know, it was a well-oiled machine and we knew what to do. And I didn't even think twice. But I remember when I got older in my teenage years, I had this moment where I was on stage and I looked out at my peers, my friends, and I remember thinking that they were thinking thoughts about me. So it was like in that, in that split moment, I was like, oh my gosh, other people are thinking things about me while I'm up here and I'm just the subject and they're looking at me, thinking of me. So I would say that was my first bout of nervousness. And then um, from there, I just worked through it every time it was like, okay, is this nervousness or is this excitement? So then when I would do national anthems and we would be in the center of an arena, it was always, it was always a little bit nerve wracking, but I always felt really excited about it. But the first like really, really nervous, like most nervous that I felt was really being 
solo. The first time that I got up on stage after um, ending things with my sister and feeling like, oh my gosh, I used to share this nervousness with one other person. And if I was feeling less confident, she would really sure me up and help me feel totally comfortable and vice versa. But when I was all alone, I, I very, I'm very much so felt all alone. So that's one thing that I am, I'm working through a hundred percent. I'm still working through that and still, you know, like we said, finding my voice, finding my direction and just, you know, I think with the, with the courage and confidence that you start to build once you establish yourself a little bit more then you don't feel the loss of something else. You just kind of go with it. What a great, great lesson for all of us. Find your voice. You know, growing up, my dad always used to remind me, you got to be the best version of yourself because you're going to make a lousy somebody else. Yeah. And if you spend your whole life trying to be somebody else, who's going to be you? So this mm-hmm. is an inspirational interview. So you worked with our buddy Jason Deere a little bit. I know Kristen. I know the Osbournes. This is a small yeah. world, my friend. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Jason. Jason was our guy, our first producer, and I was still really good friends with him. And he actually yep. introduced me to the person that I'm working with now. And we were eight years old when we met him. So he really, uh-huh. he really put us on the path. Yeah, Jason's been in my home writing songs, and I've known him no I'd go to Nashville about every five and a half, six weeks back in the day. Yeah, let's go to commercial break, Natalie. We have so much more to talk about, and we got to hear your hit song. Uh, this is Dan Clark, the <laughs> awesome. Influencers Channel on voiceamerica.com. My guest is Natalie Falk. Don't go anywhere. We've got more music to talk about, and as I promise, you're gonna, you can't wait to hear this woman sing. Let's go to commercial break. We'll be back in a minute. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Hear the stories. 
Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. And with my guest, Natalie Falk, a singer-songwriter and... For those of you who've been listening to my show all these months that I've been on the air, you know how much I love to highlight musicians, singers, especially songwriters. So let's get into the heart and soul of Natalie Falk. What is what is your favorite subject to write about? I mean, that's an off-the-cuff mm. question, but when I sit down to write a song, usually it's just because somebody pulled out in front of me in a car and, you know, and I come up with a great line, had I shot you when I met you, I'd be out of jail by now. Or it's because, you know, you get in a fight with your spouse and you write songs like, you know, my wife ran off with my best friend and I'm going to miss him dearly. What mm-hmm. is your inspiration? How do you how do you go through the process in a day to get yourself in tune to connect your heart and mind to write a, a great song? Teach us about that process of songwriting. Mm, well, I love that you said that because it really, it really is about connecting your heart, your mind, and your consciousness. And I love the idea of like channeling ideas and channeling music because sometimes I'll be in a dream and I'll wake up having a full chorus ready to go. And so I'll have to quickly grab my phone and start recording this melody that I've just like downloaded. But I would say the one thing that I really connect with, with writing a song and especially with topics is a lot of people write about relationships and I love those songs as well. I think that the more that I write, the more I'm drawn to just what it is to be human, you know, just being on this planet and, you know, connecting with other people and all of the emotions that we go through. And so, like I said, when I, when something happens in my life, I turn to music to help, to help comfort me in some way. And so I think that I'm discovering that, I love the gift of music because for me, it is truly a gift. And if something, if someone's gone through something or if someone's just lost a loved one, um, that sometimes I don't know what to say to them, but I know that music can connect with them in a way that I probably couldn't just with my own words. And so I'm, I'm just discovering that I love, I love like the universal emotions and connections that we each feel just being human beings beings and um that's what i'm mostly interested in writing about so i feel like that is like at the heart of what i what i want to what i want to write about and say (coughs) excuse me so if this is a too too close to the vest if this is a a touchy subject just tell me to bite the wall (laughs) but in your bio it says that you um apparently you had a breakup with your sister you decided yeah. to go your separate ways. And in your song, Can't Stop the Rain, that emerged because of the grieving process that you went through during that breakup. Can you explain to us from a family dynamic perspective, how do we heal, how do we heal friendships and relationships within a family? Because I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. listening has had an argument that turns into a row, that turns into stopping 
conversations for months at a time and actually having a few children maybe bail at some point. So how would you mm-hmm. how would you counsel us to to work through that grieving process with the hope of healing? Mm. Yeah, that's that's another really really good question. Um for me it was really hard to separate the two of us because we'd grown up singing together, we would grow up best friends. We are so different, but we were we kind of were raised like we were one person. And so where my where I was deficient, she made up for it and vice versa. And so when we had that falling out with, with she and I, and it wasn't pretty, I'll just be really honest, because I think a lot of people try to like sugarcoat things for the sake of the music business. But ultimately, we, you know, we were put on this path. And when we got older, we realized how much we had sacrificed of our actual life that we didn't get a chance to live because we were chasing this dream. And our parents were involved. My mom was involved and she was kind of acting as the manager. And so it was a really hard family dynamic. And their support also was really tough because the expectations were so high. And when she did, she met her fiance and discovered that she really wanted kind of more of a family life and to be a songwriter more than she wanted to be out touring and being an artist. It was really, really hard. And so when we had our falling out, it was, it was like a death to me, honestly. It felt like a complete loss of my life and this dream and this vision that I had. So how I mended things is I just got to I just got to know myself and I had to take some time away from my sister and just rediscovering like who I actually was because I thought I was all of these things that I wasn't. And I was living up to this expectation that was not mine and I was chasing this dream that I didn't really I wasn't really sure it was you know, fully representative of me. So the whole process was me discovering me and me learning to love the things about myself that I had rejected for so long. And then in turn, I think when we work on ourselves and we discover more of who we are and we love ourselves and we can have that same love and compassion for someone else. And once I understood and got away from my own story about how things happened and I could see not only, not only her point of view, but how she even got to where she was, then I realized that we were both just doing the best that we could. And then you have that kind of understanding and compassion for someone else. And then it takes the willingness on both parts for people to come together and say, I mutually love you and I want to have a good relationship and I accept you for who you are and I hope you can accept me for who I am. Um. I love it. Not to get all philosophical there, but <laughs> I love that stuff. So is this the song we're going to listen to, Can't Stop the Rain? This one is burning. This one's my first one, which I kind of, I love because it just goes to show that even though we're not working together as, you know, how it, we thought it would look like, my sister and I, she wrote this song like 10 years ago and it was the last song I decided to record. And it was the first one I wanted to release because I felt like, this was, this was a way for me to like bring her with me. This is a way for us to still be together and still promote each other and, and love each other and share our passions and our gifts with other people and do it together. But, um, so, but my second song, Can't Stop the Rain, was the one by myself, yeah. Well, I'll have to have you back on so we can listen to Can't Stop the Rain. But right now, I think I want to change it up a little bit. I want to, I want to let, let our listeners hear this amazing song, Burning, and then... When it's over, you and I will still be on the air, and we can talk a little teeny bit about it before we go to the next break. Is that okay? Perfect. Okay, so set the song up. 
How did what what is burning about, and how did it come about? So burning is that spark and that passion, and um, you know it's the newness of a relationship, and you know the feelings that you feel when you're think you're hoping that someone's thinking about you, and it's just this. I I think of it in terms of like that magic that enters your life when you when you start to become interested in somebody. So the music video is coming up. So I hope to give you guys a visual very soon. I love it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dan Clark show release the world release. (laughs) Natalie Falk's amazing song burning. Can't wait to hear it. me baby tell me what you say cause I can't help but wonder every time I walk away if your heart beats when our eyes meet and I can't, can't sleep keeping you awake when the sun is setting do I ever cross your mind do you drive around regretting a second on the back side if you're touching Tingles rushing and nothing stopping us when we ignite. Do I affect you every time you look at me or tell me? Do I touch you, baby? Do I make you weak? Cause love's powerful like a lightning, but when it's rushing now, it strikes in everything's burning. Baby, do you feel the flame? Am I your ever after? Will you never be the same? Cause this reckless leaves you breathless And this aggressive connection our fires uncontained Do I affect you? Every time you look at me or tell me Do I touch you? Baby, do I make you weak? Love's powerful like a lightning bolt When it's rushing now It strikes and everything's burning Burning Do I drive you crazy? Cause I'm going crazy Can't be in a room without wanting you
Wow. Wow. <laughs> this blows my mind. Thank I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hunt you down in Nashville. I'm going to help you in every way I can. You have such a great voice. What a great, great song. Congratulations oh. to you and your sister. Thank so you let us so know, much. Let us that means a lot. Let us know how we can join your tribe. You have a website. You have a way where we can download the songs. Talk, teach us about how to get a hold of you through social media and, and, and any other way. Yes. So um, you can find me on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and all the places. Um, if you type in Natalie Falk, and it's N-A-T-A-L-E-E-S-A-L-K. And um, on social media, my handle is at Natalie Falk on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And then I do have a website, NatalieFalk.com. Wow. I love it. Natalie Falk. Amazing. I will track you down and I'll have you on again. We can hear Can't Stop the Rain. I want to hear your your latest single. And uh, as soon as I get off the air today, I am so blooming curious. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to track you down on iTunes. I'm a fan, my friend. Wow. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I uh, know. I just uh, been around the block 102 times, mm. and I uh, I'll help you in any way I can. You know that I'm on the air, so you have witnesses. <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway, I like that accountability. <laughs> you're funny. You enjoy yourself in Nashville. This is Dan Clark, the Influencers Channel. Let's go to commercial break. My guest has been Natalie Falk, the amazing singer songwriter. Her hit song was just burning. Don't go anywhere. My new guest is Ron Sang. He's from Toronto, Canada. He and I met just a short time ago, but became instant friends because of my love and respect for this gentleman and what he's been able to accomplish and the difference he's making in the world. Guarantee you will want to listen to this influencer, Ron Sang. In a moment, let's go to commercial break. We'll be back in a bit. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. 
talk on today's hot topics. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. For those of you who've been on, on, uh, on the air with me here listening to Natalie Falk, what an amazing young woman singer-songwriter. As you know, I love to highlight music because of the genuine influence it has in all of our lives across the universe. But it ties right into my next guest. I always try to have the guests uh, dovetail and piggyback on one another because of their messages, because of the way they influence the world. And my next guest is Ron Sang. I met him a couple of weeks ago in Toronto, Canada. We'd become friends over the phone. And he is the... uh, the director, if you will, the, the president, if you will, whatever the word is, he runs what is called CAPS in Toronto, Canada, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And he graciously invited me up there. And what was so cool for me, ladies and gentlemen, was to hear what people say behind Ron's back. And a lot of us would be nervous to find out what people say about behind our back. But everybody loves and respects this man so much because of his background and flipping the switch to help others become the best version of themselves. How cool is that? Ron Sang specializes in working with professionals who want to deliver more effective presentations. That brings in every single one of us because every single one of us is involved in relationships, selling direct sales at some point in our lives every single day. Ron is a former stock analyst from Canada's Wall Street who has evaluated thousands of CEO and CFO presentations. He's a professor of business communication at Centennial College's School of Business, and he speaks at the University of Toronto's Rotman Executive Programs. Some of Ron's clients include Honda North America, RBC, CIBC, huge, huge bank in Canada, Sick Kids Foundation, Human Resources Professionals Association, Project Management Institute, and Canadian Payroll Association. Ron has an MBA from the Rotman School of Management at the University of Toronto and an HBA from the University of Waterloo. He's the Amazon best-selling author of From Presentation to Standing Ovation. I read your book on the flight home from Toronto. It's brilliant, brilliant. And it's a book that Jack Canfield, creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, highly recommends. Let me throw myself on that list. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron saying, how are you, my friend? Oh, Dan, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm feeling good. How are you? Good. Tell me how you made the, the, the switch from Wall Street analyst to professional professor and uh, someone who delivers these amazing tutorials on effective communications and effective presentations. Dan, it was not a straight line, I'll tell you that much. But I, I wasn't very happy when I was working in my career in finance. And I realized that what I was happy doing, though, was Toastmasters. You're familiar with Toastmasters, right, Dan? Yes, sir. Yeah, and what I loved about Toastmasters was 
the ability to, to help other people and to see myself grow, to see myself grow and to help other people grow as well and finding their voice and then helping them gain confidence and the ability to become better speakers and better influencers. So while I was working in finance, I was also in Toastmasters. And I just thought to myself, wow, you know, if, if I could do something and be paid for it, it would be something related to speaking. And as luck would have it, I kept giving free speeches and free workshops. I kept learning from other sources and as many people and places I could. And I kept sharing that knowledge and information uh, through free workshops, through Toastmasters clubs, and eventually started getting referred to paying opportunities in other companies. It was all because of just me following this passion and uh, a passion of learning and for helping people. You know? and, and, uh, and because I had this deep desire to uh, to help other people the way I was helped. That's how I was able to make that transition from working in finance <laughs> to professional speaking and uh, to helping other people become better influencers, become better speakers. Okay, so what's your take on, on, on your, in your experience, why does every single person need to become a better communicator, a better presenter? Well, Lee Iacocca, the former Chrysler chairman, said that mm-hmm. You can have great ideas in your head, but if you can't get them across, your ideas won't get anywhere. So that's why we all need to be influencers, as you said, Dan. We all need to, we need presentation, we need communication skills so that we can bring down any barriers to communication that people might have so we can reach people in a greater way, whether it's through music, like your wonderful guest, Natalie Falk. I'm a big believer in music and the ability to, to transform people and bring people together, whether it's through sound and music and emotion or, or the, the spoken and written word. It's all about communication and it's so important. So on your first day of class, so do, am, I, am I safe to say that you actually have a curriculum on effective presentations? You, you take your wonderful content from your book, which is fabulous, and you actually have a step-by-step process that you take people through to help them become effective com- communicators, better, pre- better presenters? Thank you, Dan. Yes, yes, I do. The business communication program is geared towards postgrads, and you know it is a program that includes many forms of communication in business, from speaking and writing to even intercultural or cross-cultural communication and communication through technology. And the step-by-step program for speaking includes what I believe is important and. Uh, the, the most important thing, I think, is understanding yourself. And then the second thing is understanding your audience and then being able to tailor a message that reaches your audience, that connects with what they care about. And from there, structuring a message and putting together a logical, structured message that people can follow and understand and potentially even repeat to other people. And I get great reviews from my class. I'm, I'm always really overwhelmed when students tell me that I'm the best professor they've ever had in their entire life. So I, I take that with a grain of salt because I never hear from the people who, who <laughs> believe otherwise. But certainly it uh, means a lot that I'm able to, to help people that they, and they, they see great value from me able to communicate better. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't even have to take your class to, you know, being interactive with you the time that I was in Toronto for people to say, well, yeah, you're the best professor they've ever had because you give them benefits that last a lifetime. You think about it. You're not just asking them to regurgitate something you've taught them on a test that they might forget in six weeks. You're giving them skills that that are transferable from job to job, from 
personal to professional relationships. So what's one of the what's one of the toughest what's one of the most reoccurring faux pas that we make as communicators? What what's what's one of the biggest mistakes we make and how would you correct that? Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes that that, that we make that all of us as human beings make is assuming that other people communicate and think the way we do. The way I appreciate communication, how I understand communication is that it's about getting a message across from our, from our mind to the mind of our audiences, whether it's one person or an audience of a thousand or a hundred thousand. But there can be many obstacles to this communication, from getting our ideas across from our mind, from our head to someone else's head. And one of the biggest mistakes people make is assuming that just because they say something or just because they write something in an email or text message, that people understand it, that other people are mind readers. But as you know, people are not mind readers. And the, the way we come across, whether it's our body language being closed off or open, or the tone of our voice being excited and friendly or, or really angry and closed off, or even the choice of words, it can make a big difference in, in whether we connect with people or we, we or we build higher walls that prevent us from connecting with other people as as human beings. So I think that one of the biggest mistakes is people not really understanding that people are not mind readers and that so much miscommunication comes from a lack of shared understanding. But we can certainly overcome that by being mindful of that, by being mindful of, of how we communicate and how other people understand as well. So in your experience, do... Do you think it's more important for us to give facts and figures or more important for us to illustrate the facts and figures with stories? What do we remember most and what would you give us as far as advice on how much uh, how much emphasis we should put on facts and figures and pure information versus the illustrations of the information? Oh, Dan, that's a great question. And it's truly a, a privilege from, of the platform, as you say in your book. And when you spoke in Toronto, I got to say that you are a masterful storyteller. I've, been, I've been, been involved with booking speakers. It's been a privilege for me to book speakers in Caps Toronto for, for the last three years. And I, I can't think of another speaker who's had as massive a repertoire of stories as you have. There's an Indian proverb, Dan, that goes, um, let, tell me a fact and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. But tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. I, and I truly, yeah, I love that. I love that. I truly believe that stories are the way to go to make a lasting impact. And you've got plenty of research. You've found plenty of research on the brain science behind it. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, but I'm interviewing you, you hot dog. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna milk you for the. You know, I'll come up to Canada again and help you out. But man, this is you're so funny. Love it. You're, you're yeah. welcome anytime, anytime. Well, yeah, you know, you, you bring up the idea of brain science, but obviously you're an expert in that because what we, what we know about brain science and chemicals is that there are six major brain chemicals and they're triggered for various reasons and they, they create specific outcomes. So if you tell a story that releases adrenaline, someone has that, that second wind, they fire up, you know, it's the coach on the sideline, that's the coach off the ice during the Stanley Cup, and he says something that ignites in his players a way for them to get more energy from some unknown source. There's ways to do that. But because you're an expert in presentation, let's, let's talk about 
let's talk about the structure of a, of a presentation. So in my experience, the shorter the amount of time you're given, the more prepared you have to be because you edit so every word pays its own way. If someone gives you 60 minutes to speech, we're a little bit more lackadaisical. We're like, okay, I can tell this story and I can go here and I can go there. But if someone gives you five minutes, you're like, okay, I've got to sharpen my pencil and I got to make sure every word matters. So teach us the process that you teach on how to structure a speech. Thanks, Dan. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the beautiful thing about having a structure to your presentations is whether you're speaking off the cuff or you're giving a wedding speech or you're giving an investor presentation, by following a modular structure, you can add or drop material as you need to to make sure that you're able to deliver your message and, and, and cover your talking points in three minutes or in 30 minutes or over three days. And it all begins with the purpose of your presentation. What are you, what do you want the audience to do, think, or feel as a result of your presentation? Do you want to inform? Do you want to educate the audience? That's one thing. Do you want to, um, to entertain the audience? Or do you want to uh, motivate them? What is it that you want from the presentation itself. What's your purpose behind the presentation? What's your desired outcome? And then you need to think about the core message. What is it that you want your, what's the key takeaway message for your audience? If your audience only remembers one thing from your entire presentation, and believe me, I I heard thousands of presentations from CEOs and CFOs, and they all kind of, many of them just blended together because there wasn't the core message that stood out. And if you, you, if, if your listeners, whether they're executives or entrepreneurs, employees, students, or, or lifelong learners, if they can think of a, a, a core message they want to get across when they communicate, then that, they'll, they'll be ahead of the game, as opposed to someone who just rambles and goes on from point to point without connecting the dots and without bringing it all home. So start with a purpose, have a core message in mind, and then start to think about how to, have, how to create an impressive introduction. How do you begin with a bang and get your audience's attention now that you know what your purpose is and what the key takeaway message, your core message for your audience is, how do you get their attention? And then from there, what are your talking points? I always like to think about three talking points because our brains like to organize information. And three is easy to remember. Three, five, seven. Our brains are just more psychologically wired to remember that. It resonates more. So if you have three talking points and potentially three supporting points, stories or facts, supporting evidence that connect back to your talking points to give you credibility, then you've got a clearly structured message already. And if you make sure that your first point and your last point are most impressive, then you're able to take advantage of what psychologists describe as the primacy effect and the recency effect, meaning that the first thing you say carries a lot of weight, first impressions, and the last thing you say carries a lot of weight as well. And that connects then to your conclusion. Your compelling conclusion will leave a lasting impression for your audience. So if you begin with your impressive introduction to get your audience's attention, and then you lead them down a path with three talking points, three messages that you want, to, that you want your audience to remember that connect back to your core message, and then you provide a compelling conclusion with a summary and then a real strong call to action at the end of your, of your talk, then you'll have a tightly structured presentation. It's what I call an ovation outline. Begin with the purpose, 
identify your core message and keep it short and simple that people can understand, and then structure your message so that you've got an impressive introduction, three talking points with potentially one to three supporting points, and then a compelling conclusion. Holy cow, you just gave um, my listeners presentation to standing ovation on steroids. That was the best course I've ever heard, and I hope people were taking notes. But the good thing is, this becomes a podcast, brother, so they re- they rebroadcast it 10 to 13 times during the week so you listeners can actually access this amazing information, this amazing professor, Ron, saying, Ron, I, I'm going to ask you one more question afterwards, but tell us how we can get a hold of this book. How can we all order this book from you so that we can keep in touch, join your tribe, and, um, and figure out uh, how to continuously learn from your amazing experiences? Thanks so much, Dan. My book can be found on Amazon. It's a paperback, an ebook, and an audiobook. And you can also visit the website standingovationbook.com, standingovationbook.com to get some free templates, some free book bonuses to help you supplement your reading. Very cool. And his name is Ron Sang, spelled T-S-A-N-G. Ron Sang, T is silent, T-S-A-N-G. Okay, we're going to a commercial break, Ron, but what I want you to do is just tell us in a very short amount of time, like one minute, an experience you've had where you know that you connected at such a high level that people's lives would be changed forever. Can you? Can I put you on the spot? You're humble, but I think that would be worth uh, sharing with our audience. Absolutely, Dan. Are we coming back after break or are we doing this right now? Yeah, I want you to do it right now. We'll go to break in, a little bit later. I, I just want you to do it right now. I just, I, I feel so inspired to learn from you, man. All right. Let me tell you about a, a boy with dark colored hair going up in the American Midwest. He, every day he would hear these words. You're, you're worthless. You're selfish. You should be ashamed of yourself. And words are powerful, wouldn't you agree? Especially if these words come from your own mother. This, this boy would hear these words every single day from his own mother. So it wouldn't surprise you that this boy would go up to painfully shy, afraid to speak up, afraid to stand up. And public speaking would make him want to throw up. But this boy knew that if he, if he wanted to do more, he had to, he had to be more. So he signed up for a class of public speaking, and week after week he would practice in front of an audience. and He would clutch his handwritten notes, his palms sweaty, butterflies in his stomach, his knees weak, but he would get better. What a surprise you that this boy would go on to become very successful in his career. What a surprise you that this boy would go on to become very wealthy. Surprise you to learn that this boy would go on to become one of the three richest people in the world. No, it's not me. This, <laughs> this boy became Warren Buffett. This was Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett had great ideas in his head, but he just couldn't get them across until he learned how to. He's got, he went to two prestigious Ivy League schools in the States, but he only hangs up one certificate on his wall, and that's from his course in public speaking. So that was the best education he ever received. I love I had, it, brother. Yeah, yeah. I had a chance to meet Warren Buffett as part of an wow. MBA class trip to Omaha, Nebraska. I asked him, what was his best investment? He said, my best investment was in myself. I love it. What a way to conclude my show today. Ron Sang from Toronto, Canada. 
Make sure you pick up a copy of his book, From Presentation to Standing Ovation. Tell us one more time, what's the name of your, uh, how do we get a, how do we join your tribe? What's your website? Dan, your, your listeners can find me and my book at the website standingovationbook.com. All right, you've got that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Ron. We'll connect off air. And uh, I appreciate your friendship. You've inspired me, and you run a tight ship up there in Toronto. I hope you'll have me back sometime. We would love to have you, Dan. You're a friend for life. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks. You have a great day. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Next week's guests are Celeste Gleave. She started, she created, she, she, <laughs> she rose. And my dear, dear friend, Linda Septian, who has launched multiple huge careers of Selena Gomez, Jessica Simpson, Beyonce, the list goes on and on. You don't want to miss next week's show, beginning with music and especially Linda Septian as a vocal coach, as a producer. And we'll have an awesome guest with Celeste Gleave, again, the creator of She Rose, a former general officer in the United States military. Fascinating show next week. You all have a great week. And I can't wait to have you back in my tribe. God bless. Remember our military and your prayers, and you have a wonderful week. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success. 